Now, the government says child poverty is declining in spite of COVID, but kids in single-parent households are still struggling. The annual child poverty report shows hardship rates are declining and credits the success to rising employment and wages and increases to income support for families. The government acknowledges there is still more to do with one in ten children aged 17 and under are growing up in material hardship. In single-parent households, it's nearly one. In three. Crucially, the report does not include the ongoing impacts of COVID and the cost of living crisis. Professor Mike O'Brien from Child Action Against Poverty joins us now. Tina Queer, Professor, now your take on these findings in the report today. Uh, I think there's two or three things. There's certainly been some improvement. I think that's important and important to acknowledge that. Uh, and important and important that that reflects some shifts in government priorities and actions. But I think probably the other, the other, perhaps even more overwhelming thing is that there is so much more to be done, and there are some significant groups uh, you've identified: Maori and Pacific and single parent households, households with children with a disability that really are uh, significantly behind. But I think one of the other significant. Um, Tables in the report shows that the most, uh, the largest group of children are ch- in, in living below the poverty line are in households where the, in two parent households where the income is from uh, from paid work rather than from benefits. So there's work to do across the income spectrum, not just in the households we traditionally think about as being below the poverty line. You've raised your own concerns about social investment. What I'm hearing there is is those concerns being echoed. Can you elaborate why the government needs to shift its focus on how it does prioritise particular children and whānau? Yeah, the uh, social investment takes us in a different kind of direction, but the really important piece is to is to make a commitment to improving lives and living chances and opportunities for children and to sustain that over a period of time. So the, the major policy shifts, I think, probably have to be firstly around improving working for families and there are a number of important improvements there, secondly, sustaining improvements in benefit levels, and thirdly, building on and sustaining and accelerating the work on housing and housing changes because housing is such a significant factor in, uh, uh, in poverty and poverty rates. The government is saying that in spite of COVID, these numbers are declining, but yet they credit the actions they they made during COVID as a result of of our unemployment uh, being at a record low. I mean, had had COVID not hit us, the pandemic had not hit us and the government didn't have to make and front foot some of these these quite significant changes in terms of how they targeted social issues especially, would we be having a totally different report? Uh, gosh, I wish I knew the answer to that question, uh, and I'm sure many of us do. I think the, the, what COVID has done is it has highlighted the real the pressure on families in a whole lot of ways that, that perhaps we hadn't been so conscious of before, and so that's been an important thing. But I think the, the one of the other effects of COVID obviously has been too that family life has been disrupted in so many ways, so there's been an enormous amount of pressure on families in all sorts of areas. It's, there's not much hard data on the sort of direct economic effects on families. There's plenty of good, solid 
um, on-the-ground data and experiences from uh, food banks and other agencies which are not well captured in a survey of this kind because the, the, the statistics don't pick up the impacts in terms of households that are living in emergency housing and so on. So there are some big gaps in the data that also need to be picked up. And just further to those gaps, Professor, we're in a cost of what has been described as a cost of living crisis. So is this report essentially missing quite a big chunk of those who are struggling? Well, we suspect so. The difficulty, of course, is that you never know what you don't know. And, and the, but we suspect so. And one of the, the, the data here is 18, now 18 months old, and that's just one of the inevitable failings of the sort of processing of data. So it will have missed much of the current impact. And there are, there's some pretty good solid evidence that the, if you look at what's happening in food banks, if you look at what's happening in terms of the whole range of supports that are developing for families outside of the benefit system, which reflect the sort of pressures that families are under. So there's a strong need for government and indeed for all political parties to say, look, child reducing child poverty uh, to an absolute minimum is the priority, and these are the policies that are going to make it happen. And we need to see some of that some of that um, prioritising over the period ahead. Well, Nate Mihikia, that is Professor Mike O'Brien from Child Poverty Action Group.